to hear so we don't get fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we're back with another episode. Boom. Um, we said at the beginning of last pod, we have a lot to talk about. Today we might have more to talk about. And yeah. hopefully we can actually get to it all. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much like it feels like it's more because there's like one or two bullet points per topic. And usually... That's that's fair. Like, with this time of the year, that's pretty, like, common, you yeah. know? Because sports are kind of grinding to a halt. Uh, yeah. Baseball is still going, but, you know, the NHL and NBA have wrapped up. We're still a couple months away from the NFL kicking off. Like, we're kind of in this dead period. Fun fact. For all of you who think baseball is dying, you couldn't be more wrong. Globally, every league... Around the world, when you look at the top 10 revenue-wise, which leagues bring in the most money out of the entire world, it's pretty obviously NFL's number one. The NFL brings in more money than any other league in the entire world. Uh, and you might guess a lot of the other ones. The Premier League, sure. Uh, La Liga. Bundesliga, they bring in a lot of money, right? Syria. The NBA, Syria. The NHL even is in the top 10. It's even like the MLS. Five. The MLS, number 10, surprisingly. Uh, at the number two slot, the Cricket League, is Major League Baseball. So for all of you who think baseball is a dying sport, one, you're wrong. Two, you need to watch more baseball. And three, it is still the second highest grossing league in the entire world. Well, to be fair, David. So suck it. To be fair, if every league played 162 games, they would they would blow the doors off the MB or the MLB in revenue. If every league played 162 games, we would have a lot of dead athletes. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine the NFL playing 162 games? No. They'd have to have 150 people on a roster just to Field a team by the Brought 73rd some teams, game. Some teams go through 80 players in a 17-game yeah. yeah, season. that would not work. But it doesn't matter. I get what you're saying, but it doesn't matter. You know why? I feel like that's a pretty relevant piece of context. I, I don't think it is, and let me tell you why. Okay. All that matters is how much money you bring in. They are still bringing in the second most amount of money in the entire world. All right. I don't All care right. if they no, play 365 a, games. That's a fair point. They bring in money, that's and that it. is what drives leagues. So that's this what is, drives everything. This is revenue. Yeah. Does that is that like post uh, dedu- like costs? I don't know. I don't know. Because like it, like I don't know if revenue is a synonym for profit. No, it is not. So, like, they might be bringing in the most money, but I wonder how much money are they paying out for a lot of, like, because, like, playing that many games, obviously the added benefit is there's more opportunities for ticket sales, more opportunities for sponsorship sales, all this stuff. But I wonder, like, sometimes we get wrapped up in the pros of something that we kind of disregard the cons, you know? But keep in mind... There's only 30 Major League Baseball teams. Right. And there's less people on an active MLB roster than there is on an NHL roster, an active NHL roster. Right, but they so also... So, like, they have less payers to play. They have less teams than most leagues. Um, so, like, no, it's not counting how much money 
they spend, I would assume, because it said revenue, not profit. Yeah. Uh, but Major League Baseball has less to pay. Yes. In, in terms of players and teams. Yes, but they also have much more to pay in terms of stadiums. Like a stadium, uh, what's the word? Upkeep? Not upkeep. Upkeep is close, but that's not the specific word. Like, like game day operations. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think... Because um, like that's groundskeeper, that's vendors. Yeah, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken... The owners pay those people. Like that doesn't come out of what the what Major League Baseball makes. No, but I imagine it comes out of what each individual owner makes. Yeah, but this is what the league brings in every year. Yeah, but then that money gets like divvied up, you know. Like I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like the culmination of what all 31 entities made, the 30 teams, and then the league itself. That's fair. I don't know. Um, you know what I think is the biggest moneymaker when it comes to Major League Baseball, though? Shohei Otani. Well, no. I think it's their merchandise. Oh, yeah. Like, I know people who know nothing about sports who wear Yankees caps and Baseball A's hats hat. and Braves hats. And Pirates like, hats. Yeah. Pi- yeah, the weird. Pirates logo is one of the most recognizable logos in all sports. Like, the Phillies jerseys, the blue jerseys, were the number one sold jersey the year they came out. Like, yeah. people... I feel like baseball jerseys they have are the, the easiest like to wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. An NHL sweater is massive. An NFL jersey is massive. An NBA shirt is is weird and it's tank top. Like, I feel like this is like moving away from sport and more into like fashion. Yeah. I feel like a baseball jersey, especially if it's a plain one on the back, is a lot easier to incorporate into your like everyday outfit yeah. than like. Yeah any other jersey is because that's it's so saying. in your face like i'm a sports fan whereas like an nba or an a mlb jersey could just be in a piece that ties the yeah. outfit together like it's and that's what i'm saying too like they i think they have the most accessible merchandise because they're even thinking their hats like they they sell i would i have not looked this up but i would be willing to bet that baseball sells the most jerseys every year and i would dang near guarantee that baseball is the leader in hats like i would almost put my pink slip on it like major league baseball sells so many hats and i i would i would be pretty confident in the jerseys too again simply because of the accessibility and i'm not saying they have like the number one like the number one sold jersey is probably like patrick mahomes or something but, like, when you think of quantity, because how many people are buying those basic nothing-on-the-back Braves jerseys? Because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident they're a lot cheaper than an NFL jersey and all that, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I would bet that's where the majority... I, like, NBA makes theirs on social media, right? And they do sell a lot of merch. The NFL sells a lot of merch, a lot of tickets. But I would, I would be willing to bet a large portion of the revenue of Major League Baseball comes from merchandise. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Also, like their hats, hats are a big thing. Their hats, too, like, they sell them. A lot of NFL teams and basketball teams sell those, like, flat bill hats. Yeah. Which fit to a very specific standard of people. Not not standard, that's not the right word. Demographic? Uh, demographic of people. Like, certain people love those, certain people don't. 
I, it's hard to find like a, a baseball cap, like a regular cap with an NFL logo. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say hard to find. I mean, you can probably find it, but you don't see those as much. When you see a hat with an NFL or uh, NBA logo, it's usually a flat bill. Baseball sells all kinds of hats. They sell mesh hats. They sell solid hats. They sell baseball caps. They sell flat bills. They'll sell trucker hats. Like, I just feel like baseball merchandise is the most accessible, the most diverse when it comes to any sports league. Like, you can find a lot of things wrong with how Major League Baseball is run and how it's done. But I I think they've got the best merch game in the business. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway... I don't know how we got on six minutes. I was was literally Um, just looking at my little note sheet, and I'm like, I don't understand how Uh, we got here. This isn't relevant to anything that's lined up yet. (laughs) uh, We will go straight into it. All right? All right. The first thing we have is some NFL stuff. Stuff. Not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, A couple of small things that are... um, Important, and then one thing that is kind of the biggest, I think, piece yeah. of all of this. So we'll, we'll save that for last. One thing, small, seems pretty relevant to me. Uh, Adrian Peterson has stated that he wants to play in the NFL again. I'm sure he wants the paycheck again. I don't foresee that happening. I don't, yeah. They're, like With players like Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dalvin Cook on the market, like, yeah, yeah AP is going to be tremendously cheaper but like, like, and I mean, the last time we saw AP, it wasn't horrendous. No, no, no. He was a fine running back. But, but for he was... years, we have seen people pass over him, right? Yeah, it's been like two years since he played for the Titans. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he played for the Lions, I think. After that, but still, it's been like what two years since he's played. It's football? been a while. So like, he hasn't played in a long time. Like you said, there's a lot of guys in the market that I think a lot more people are a lot more keen to go after. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I don't foresee this happening, but I guess we'll see. I guess we will. I guess we will. Uh, I would, uh, I don't think Adrian Peterson at this point is much more than like a, an emergency option. Yeah. Like, like if you're the dolphins or the ravens and you have a habit of your entire running back depth chart going down in a single week then sure but again i feel like there's three clear-cut better options if not more yeah well and like i i think his his shot would have been like last year when carolina had their running back woes after they traded mccaffrey uh, mccaffrey but i mean even before Devontae freeman popped off now Devontae freeman foreman, foreman whatever um, Devontae Freeman was a run, running back who just disappeared right, one year. Right. Devontae Foreman, um, if he had not played well, yeah, Carolina, because they were contending for the NFC South. It was a terrible division last year. They were trying Likely to, to be a terrible division yeah. again this year. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I could see a team like that trades their best guy but still has a shot at the division, something like that, making a move maybe, but I still don't think it's likely. No, I, uh, I mean, I respect the drive to get back out there, the competitiveness, but I, 
I don't know, man. I just I always hate it when a great says that they want to come back, yeah. and then there's not even any interest. Because like, even though they didn't do anything, I'm like, I almost kind of feel like your legacy is hurt a little bit now. All right, all right, all right. So, of greats who have said they want to play in the NFL again, who's more likely to get signed first? Adrian Peterson or Terrell Owens? This is not a question. It's AP. T.O.'s 45. I mean, yeah, but T.O. Like, AP has a lot of miles on him. So does T.O. Not as many as AP. It's AP. Like, AP... AP, I don't think either one are going to play in the NFL. Oh, no, 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 no. But AP is young... Or or he's younger than T.O. But, like, dude, he took a beating the way he played football yeah it was incredible to watch but i think we all kind of sat back and we're like one year it's just going to disappear because he just can't he can't do this for his whole career yeah you know whereas like wide receivers have a lot more longevity on them yeah and no T. i mean that's o, fair jerry T. rice played till he was what 45 47 something like that yeah and like t.o he only really took a beating when he was playing against sean taylor and that was not a very long like that was like a three four maybe five season run because they had that little on-field beef but like i i think i would go to but also also it very much depends on which one has become more chad johnson-esque post-retirement what do you mean chad johnson like openly Every meal he eats is at McDonald's. Yeah, and still looks like a friggin' sculpted Greek god. No, it's... no, no. I know, I know. But like, but so like, annoying. if you're eating McDon, like, if you're eating like that, and you're trying to get back into the NFL at that older age, you're putting yourself at a serious. From what I understand, he was doing that in the NFL. Chad Johnson's just a freaking nature, yeah. dude. If I look at a McDonald's while I'm passing it, I gain three pounds. Friggin' can jerk. we can we talk? I also about, don't work out five hours a day like he probably does. Can we talk about the absolute tragedy it is for us, like fans, that T.O. Steve Smith, Chad Johnson came like five to seven years too early. Yeah. Could you imagine him in the social media age being oh active NFL players? T.O. was his own social dude. media before yeah. fate. Like, like yeah. I'm pretty sure Tom, the creator of MySpace, looked at T.O.'s antics was was like, this I would, need to create This would probably this. do <laughs> yeah. very well on the internet. Speaking of Tom, yeah. he doesn't get enough credit for this whole movement he really of social doesn't. media. He started this whole thing. And movie. he was everyone's friend. He was everyone's friend. He was one of my, like, four friends on MySpace for the four months I had a MySpace. You, oh, you, oh. I had a lot of friends on MySpace. I I literally logged on, like, twice. But, like, literally my middle school self went on the MySpace and found every single semi-attractive girl and was like, can you be my friend? That is the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my uh, life. It worked pretty well. Okay. Okay. Cute how kids. Did, how did that turn out? I mean, nothing happened, obviously. Oh. I was shooting a little bit above my uh, age range. I'm saying you said it worked out pretty well. I mean, I got a lot of... I had more than four friends on MySpace. I, I logged on twice. Well, you still only had four friends. That's not even enough to fill up the top ten. My computer was awful at home, so I could only do it at my get, friend's house. Why are you getting so defensive? 
Let's compare our friends on Facebook. <laughs> I have like 2,400 friends on Facebook. Yeah, but I also, at a point, was just like, I'm not adding any more friends on Facebook. Yeah. There's Let's two. Our friends. Why are you getting so defensive? It's not defensive. I just got tired of looking at my feed and seeing like these random people who I was like, I don't know who you are off the top of my head. I don't really care about what you're doing right now. Can I tell you something funny about Facebook real quick? Sure thing. We need to move on, but... Um, I was about to say, what does that have to do with Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) I, at one point, someone named David Cowan messaged me. Mm. And he said, uh, hey man, a bunch of us named David Cowan are trying to all be friends. Maybe get on the news or something. (laughs) So I was in high school. So I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. So I'm friends with like 40 David Cowans. Are you serious (laughs) right now? And I don't know. I'll get a random like Facebook notification. Today's David Cowan's birthday. <laughs> I would literally what I would do is I'd take a, like a screen grab of that and send it into our little friend group message and be like, "Wow, you guys hate me." <laughs> well, it has their profile picture up there. I mean, how often do you think people our age check Facebook? That's what I'm saying. Enough, no, I'm saying like enough to notice. A, no, in the screenshot, it would have the profile picture. Uh, yeah, but like what I'm saying is like I don't think people check Facebook, or at least the people that would be relevant to this story, check Facebook enough to be like that's not David's profile picture. I also think they all know my birthday. I mean, you could catch them off guard. This would be a way to get someone to expose themselves. It would have to be like in like early November, because I think they all know I'm early November. So if it was like November third, like. Wow, guys. No, no. Like, oh, we thought it was the ninth. What you Whoa, should do, <laughs> you should send that in the group on someone else's birthday. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know about you when it comes to birthdays. Like, I wake up and I'm like, it's oh, someone's birthday today. I just funny. can't remember who right now. I'm phenomenal with birthdays. I'm terrible at birthdays and names. Ask Some me names. Any one of our friends' birthdays. I, I, we've already done this. I know you're great at birthdays. I'm great at birthdays. Uh. I try to add each birthday every year to, like, that person's contact in my, like, phone, but I forget quite frequently. Hmm. I'm a forgetful person. You are. As am I. As but, a, as you know what I haven't forgotten? That we're on a sport podcast. We have three more bullet points about just football, and we're 18 minutes and 30 seconds into this That's spot. okay. That's okay. So, we got a lot to get to. Listen, whatever we, we don't get on. to, whatever we don't get to today, that's the next episode. Boom, easy. Hey, listen, planning not needed. And we need that. <laughs> Sports are over. Baseball? Uh, but ba- see, okay, I love baseball. <laughs> Some people love baseball. Most people don't. And here's the problem when it comes to baseball and content. Okay. When you have 162 games, Ten games is not a lot of content. Yeah, it's not super relevant. Yeah, like, with the NFL, there are 17. So if you lose one, it's super important. Every game has tremendous impact. Yeah. Unless you're 14-0. Then that 15th game, probably not a lot of impact. But for the vast majority of teams, every year, every game has tremendous impact. For baseball? None. The Yankees were the first team to se- the fastest team to 70 wins in the history of baseball last year. We barely made the playoffs cuz we lo- like it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Cuz we lost like 40 out of 50 
in a row. Like, like if you lose 10 in a row, if you win 10 in a row, it doesn't matter how good you are. Right now, we're 70 games into the season. It does not matter how good a team is or how bad a team is. The A's. What are you talking about? 10 games? That's 1 16th of the season, David. The A's right now could could win the the their division. Like anything could still happen in baseball. So that's what like that's my problem with baseball when it comes to content. Unless there's any sort of major injury, I guess we could talk about like Aaron Judge who uh since our team since he's been on the 10-day IL, we've lost like 4 out of 6. Let's like, talk about that for an hour. Yeah, Go. we can talk about that because Aaron Judge is all of our offense, which could lead into a bigger story about how we need to get better on offense. But like, David, I was kidding. It's just, I don't know. It's baseball's tough to make yeah. legitimate content about. No, I hear you. I but hear you. Anyway, football, football. That was one bullet point. American football. The next bullet point. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have announced, if healthy, Brock Purdy is the starter. No questions asked. Boom. So eat your heart out, Sam Darnold. Sorry about it, Trey Lance. As soon as he's healthy, Brock Purdy is the starter. The only thing I can see switching that up would be if uh, Sam or Trey came out. Let's say Brock Purdy's injury is delayed. Uh, they're expecting him back for week one. They think he's going to be starter week one. But let's say it's delayed four games and Trey Lance has come out and is averaging 300 yards a game and two touchdowns a game and they're 4-0, and like, maybe you ride Trey, right? Even then, I think Brock Purdy is going to be better. We saw Brock Purdy won him, like, 11 games in a row, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really am a fan of Brock Purdy. You know that? I, but, I like Brock Purdy. I think the best case scenario for the 49ers, though, is even if he is healthy for week one, give him give him a week or two. Make sure you wait until he's 100% healthy. That gives you a chance to showcase Trey Young to the rest of the league. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I, sorry. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Um, the big thing for me is that I, I just hope they don't, They've got to do something at quarterback. They have to. Yeah. They they have... It's the best problem, but it's still a problem. Yeah. They have a guy that they traded their franchise for to move up to get at three overall with uh, Trey Lance. Last year was supposed to be his chance to yeah. step up. He gets hurt. They have Sam Darnold, who a lot of people are saying is a lot better. It's a situation he's been in. He's a lot better than people say. I disagree. He's a bad quarterback. I look at Sam Darnold as as this generation's Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I think he's going to be one of the best backup QBs you can get. But I think that's ultimately his ceiling. Unless yeah. you're pulling a uh, tank job. In which yeah. case, there's your target. But I like... I really don't – I think it's easy to look at this like Nick Foles. With Brock Purdy like Nick Foles. Okay. Brock Purdy came in, won a bunch of games, but like but like we still – we don't have enough yet. We don't have enough. I disagree with that. He didn't just come in, win the last two games of the season, and go on an epic playoff run. That's what Nick Foles did. Yeah. And this Eagles, let's not forget how good this Eagles team was around Nick Foles. Let's not pretend, let's not denigrate Nick Foles' performance. Because especially in the Super Bowl, he played ar- arguably one of the best Super Bowls ever, Nick Foles played. 
Right. So let's not denigrate that. But let's also, when you look at the rest of his stats from the two regular season games he played, it was more than two. It was like six. But anyway, when you look at those, he didn't go 6-0. and When you look at his stats from those games and his stats from the earlier playoff games that weren't the Super Bowl, they were nothing world beater. They were nothing great. Then you look at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy won eight regular season games in a row after your second quarterback got injured, which, again, we can't discount how good the team is around him, for sure. But then, through the playoffs, up until he got hurt, he was arguably the best quarterback in the entire playoffs. Like, No, he was fantastic. I, I think 11 games, or however many games he played, what is enough to show that a quarterback is a guy, or at least can be a guy. That doesn't mean he's not ever going to lose a game. Yeah. But, like... But- to the 49ers' credit, though... I, I have a think, lot more belief in Brock Purdy than I do in Trey Lance. I think And Mi- definitely Sam Darnold. I think even Mitch Trubitschke could throw 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in that offense. I do not agree. I mean, like, no, no, and I'm not trying... I'm not taking anything, anything away from Purdy, Lance, or Darnold, or Garoppolo, for that matter. I think Mitch Slotson would be the worst quarterback of that list... But I think that team is so well put together and that Kyle Shanahan offense is so friendly that you just need someone who isn't completely incompetent and you will get results. That being said, that being said, I don't think they're an NFC championship team with Trubisky over Purdy, but I do think that to a degree any quarterback could be successful in that offense. Do you hear that? I think our fridge is making some sort of weird noise. I hear water. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like someone's got a little bit of work today. (laughs) I... I don't know, man. I'm just not a believer in Sam Darnold. I, I do think that offense is good. And I think if you put someone like Trubisky or Sam Darnold in, they would win eight games. But I certainly don't think they would be a playoff team or a contender with someone like Trubisky or someone like Darnold. I think you have to be still a decent quarterback. And I don't think either one of them are. I, I think they could make the playoffs. I don't think they would make any noise whatsoever, though. Yeah, but, and, I, but I think, think Brock Purdy would. He did. No, no, I mean, no, he did. He did. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, I would not be surprised if – for just roll with me on this hypothetical. Hypothetically, Trey Lance comes out swinging. They, they sit Purdy for a little while, wait for him to get healthy. Trey Lance comes out of here looking like the third overall pick from a couple seasons ago. For some reason, they decide to trade Purdy, or Lance for that matter. I would not be shocked if either quarterback had immediate regression, no matter where they went following leaving the 49ers. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know, man. I just, I really hope, I like Brock Purdy a lot. I really hope he comes out and plays well. Uh, I do think it would be best, though, with a surgery like Tommy John surgery, uh, I think it would certainly be best to make yeah, sure he is one hundred percent. 
Like, like I mean, we saw them do it last year. They made it all the way to the NFC Championship game after starting 0-3. Like, you can sacrifice a few games early if yeah. it means bringing back your guy who led your team uh, so well later. You know what I mean? And, and not risking him getting hurt. Especially with the division this year. I mean, like, who's really threatening, right? Yeah. Arizona's out. Uh, Seattle is good. We have to see if Geno can do it again. We have to see if Geno can do it again. There's a lot of question marks. The Rams are back, though. The Rams are possibly back. Likely to be back. But that offense was a wreck last season. And granted, there were... I mean, were, without Matthew Stafford or Cooper Cup. There was... There like. were... No, there were reasons. But I think they've got to prove a little bit. Because they haven't really had an injection of young talent into that team. Because they're still paying off what they traded away to win that Super Bowl. Like, I... But they still have the things that won them that Super Bowl. I mean, they do, but they're older and they didn't play significant parts last season. I mean, that's fair. You know, like, I think they're all, there's all the potential there for that to be an electric team again. I'm just not willing to smack my name on it on the internet that the Rams are going to be elite this year. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, moving on. Yes. The next order of business. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins, since being cut from the Arizona Cardinals, has made two visits. Okay. Uh, One of which was to the Tennessee Titans. I know that one. And he uh, was, it reportedly went very well. Okay. And the Titans and the ND Hop would remain in contact. Now, hopefully it didn't go that well. Because I would not like to see DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee. But, as a Colts fan, that is. But, um, yeah, he visited the Tennessee Titans. That reportedly went very well. And I think that would be massive. Yeah, absolutely. For the Titans. I mean, there is one thing for the Tennessee Titans that has disappeared from their team that has made them significantly worse. And that was A.J. Brown. Yeah. Absolutely. They still have Derrick Henry. They still have Ryan Tannehill. The disappearance of A.J. Brown, the departure, not the disappearance. He's not – we know where he is. Yeah. He's um, in Philly. Yeah, A.J. Brown not being on that team is when the descent began. Yeah. And so I think getting a guy like D-Hop in there would, one, be good for Will Levis. I think, two, would kind of – Well, also Tannehill. I don't want to say revive Ryan Tannehill, but I think it would be good for Ryan Tannehill. Um, last year was an off year. It'd be great for Traylon Burks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. Um, and with all that being said, I really hope it did not go as well as people (laughs) are saying (laughs) that it went. Uh, but it seems to be going even better in New England. Uh, D-Hop is currently in New England right now. Uh, but not only is he there right now, he has been there for two days. Uh, he's scheduled a two-day trip. With the New England Patriots, we don't know exactly how it's going yet, but it is certainly, I mean, if you're spending two days with an organization, it's got to be going pretty well, right? Yeah, I would assume. Um, Or it's just a very detailed process, which would not shock me. When it comes to Bill Belichick, yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing about him going to New England was uh, when Bill Belichick was asked about it. (laughs) Someone, someone said uh, Bill, do you know when D-Hop is uh, getting into New England? And he goes, I don't know. I'm not his travel agent. <laughs> I, just, I just, 
I love Bill Belichick so much. It's such a real um, answer, dude. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. But uh, I think this would be a much better fit for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think this would be incredible for the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this... I think D-Hop joining the Patriots would be more significant than Dalvin Cook joining the Dolphins. Yes. Although that's just... Uh, that hasn't happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. speculative. Yes. Hypothetical. Yeah. Both of these two things are hypothetical. Uh, or speculative is the better word. Uh, but I think D-Hop on New England would be more impactful than Dalvin signing with Miami. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Dalvin signing with Miami, possibly, potentially... Uh, reports are that Dalvin, or am I getting ahead of myself? Is Dalvin Cook later? Okay. Reports are that Dalvin Cook is not wanting to take a, uh, irrelevant deal. Yeah. And it seems like the market's kind of cooled on him and that might be due to advanced analytics. So, uh, two years ago, he ran for 1500 yards, I think it was, and was according to advanced analytics, the second most efficient rusher. Last year, though, he dropped from second in efficiency to 35th. So it could just be that teams are a little... We've we've known that teams have been transitioning towards analytics. And to me, like personally, for me, I love analytics, but I think you need a healthy balance of analytics and eye, eye yeah. test. I would argue that there are reasons for that. One, their offensive line wasn't as good this year as it was last year. Or mm-hmm. it wasn't as good last year as it was two years ago. Two, Kevin Stefanski brought in a much more pass-focused offense yeah. than Mike Zimmer had yeah. when he was the head coach. They were much more reliant on Dalvin Cook in Mike Zimmer's offense than they were last season where Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson were the were the two-headed beast at the front of that offense. Right. And so I think with those two things combined, that can cover why Dalvin might have been less efficient, quote-unquote. But I still think Dalvin Cook, like this, is different than Zeke to me. If Zeke came out and said that, I think I would, I would say, tough luck, buddy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm a Zeke defender. I've be, I've been defending Zeke forever. But you can't argue with, especially his last season on the field. It's just like the last three seasons. There's been a step yeah. back each season. And but I think the difference is Dalvin Cook is still a top five running back in the league. Right. In my opinion, like Dalvin Cook can demand $15 million a year because he's worth $15 million a year. Yeah, but ain't nobody in their right mind paying a running back $15 million a year. I would I I don't think anyone in their right mind was paying Odell $18 million a year either. I mean, that's that's that fair. You know what I mean? Fair So, enough. like, just because we can sit here and say no one's going to do that, someone will do that. And you're worth what someone will pay you. And I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to be... Um, not signed somewhere. So, let me ask you this. I think someone's going to offer him some decent money. If he only gets one offer and it's three million years, is that what he's worth? No, I don't think he would take that, and I don't think that'd be his only offer. Like we we can say ifs and buts all day long, but I think that's a silly. I think Zeke will get three million a year, more than that. I think Zeke will get six or seven. I don't know. To my understanding, like there hasn't been an offer period for Zeke. I think that's tr- true, probably, but I think that's dramatic. I think people are waiting. I think people are 
um, going to sign him closer wait to time. Yeah, you know wait what I mean? to see where the cuts shake out, who yeah. else gets cut, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think both of them are on a roster for sure, but I think Dalvin Cook is still a top five back in this league. And you can say all you want that running back's value has decreased, but you cannot deny the impact a good running back has on a team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, someone is going to want his services. Someone is going to pay for his services. Maybe not 15 mil a year, but, like, I think he's going to get a good deal. It's got to be Miami. Yeah. I, it's got to be. I think the problem in Miami is they don't have the same kind of money that a lot of other teams do. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that's a positive for D-Hop going to New England. New England is the most cap space in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah. New England but, can uh, sign DeAndre Hopkins to a $25, 26000000 million speaking, deal like we've seen like Christian Kirk or like Tyreek uh, go into Miami. Like We've seen these kind of deals recently with wide receivers. New England can afford that and then some to yeah. sign DeAndre Hopkins. And again, I think it would make a massive, massive impact on that team, who I already think offensively is going to take a massive jump this year just because they're signing – or not signing, but they have an offensive coordinator in um, – why did his name just escape oh, my brain? Oh, no. Uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that would be massive, massive, massive. I think it would at least make them not a definitive four in the AFC East. Yeah. I, I mean, it would shake up the hierarchy for sure. Yeah. But uh, I heard a stat today okay. about Bill Belichick, and it kind of has been messing with my brain since. We, so before, when Brady left, the conversation was, oh, Belichick made him. I think Brady might have made Belichick. I, I mean, I disagree. Did you know that Belichick only has one career playoff win without Tom Brady? Okay. I'm just saying. Like, it wasn't like they didn't have anyone before Brady. And that was when the one playoff win came, obviously, uh, with Drew Bledsoe. But that's just, like, a crazy... Like, Brady without Belichick has as many Super Bowls as Belichick without Brady has playoff wins. Like, that's just, like, a crazy stat to me. Okay. Like you said, stats aren't everything. You have to have eyes, right? Yeah. You can have eyes and look at the roster that Bill Belichick had when Tom Brady left and understand that God himself wouldn't have won more than seven games with that team. Okay. You can have eyes and look at the fact that Tom Brady went to arguably the most loaded offense in the entire National Football League at the time when he went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. They also had Bruce Arians, who was the the quarterback guy in the National Football League. Yeah. So, like, like you, I, I think it's silly to say that, oh, Tom Brady left Bill with arguably the worst roster in the entire NFL and went to arguably the best roster in the entire NFL. Therefore, it was all Brady and no Bill. No, no, no. I like, know. I think just, that's... I'm, also, his head coaching before Brady was slim. I mean, like, it's not like seasons. he's had a lot. But that's not a lot. I mean, that's more than some NFL coaches get for their entire coaching lifeline. Yeah, when they're absolute dog water. No, but, like, I'm not... I wasn't trying to say that Belichick sucks or and that it was all Brady. Like, I think they both helped each other exceptionally. I just... I like it's a crazy stat to me. 
I think Bill Belichick would not have been successful, as successful, without Tom Brady. Okay. I also think Tom Brady would not have been nearly as successful without Bill Belichick. No, that's fair. I mean, it was a match made in heaven. I I hate Tom Brady. I really do. I despise him with all of my being. I hope he steps on a Lego every time he wakes up. That's aggressive. Every single morning. I hope he bites into his burrito and it's hot on the outside to where it gives him burns on the top of his mouth, but it's freezing cold on the inside. I don't understand how that's possible. I cannot stand Tom Brady. So I, for years, have been saying it was all Bill. He's only good because of Bill. Blah, 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 blah. And I have also recently changed my view on that. I think it was equal. I think they just had the perfect storm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they had the perfect... Uh, what's the word? The perfect pairing, if you yeah. will. I think the greatest coach of all time, before he was the greatest coach of all time met the greatest quarterback of all time. And and really what I think it is is the two two of the greatest NFL minds in the history of football. Yeah. came together. And, and so would make magic. I think Belichick would have multiple Super Bowls without Brady, but definitely yeah. not 6. And I think Brady would have multiple Super Bowls without Belichick, but definitely not 7. Right. You know what I mean? So Yes, I think Brady made Belichick, but I also think Belichick made Brady. I don't think it was a one and. I don't think if you take one of them out of the scenario, one of them is any more successful than the other. Um, I think it was a very, I think it just happened to be the perfect mixture of uh, arguably the smartest NFL quarterback we've ever seen. And the smartest NFL coach. I think definitely the smartest NFL coach we've ever seen. Okay. And so that's kind of where I'm. Where I'm at. Um, I think... I, this is going to be probably a hot take. I think Nick Saban is a better college football coach than Bill Belichick is an NFL coach. Because Nick Saban does do it with... Every four years, he has a brand new 100 players on his team. Yes. Every four years, there is not a single player on his team that was there four years ago. Yes. What you're saying is correct. Pending a crazy medical redshirt situation. Um, But he also gets his cream of the crop for the whole country. You know? Yeah, but Bill Belichick has access to NFL players. Right. And the worst NFL player is better than the best college football player. Yes. So... But he's competing with 31 other NFL teams. I get what you're saying. I'm just... Nick Saban has done it with a much better... Rota- I, think, I think Nick Saban is... The, I think Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches in all sports. Okay. I would really have to sit down and look at it. I think it's kind of hard to argue against Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson won 11 championships. Nine as a coach with three different teams. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... That's an that's an impressive body yeah, of work. Really hard to or no, two different teams. But anyway, maybe three. I don't know. I think it's three total. Eleven uh, with three different teams total. Two as a player, nine as a coach. But I think yes. it's really hard to argue against Phil Jackson. But let's just if we were, I think Nick Saban is the second best coach in the history of sports. Period. Ever. Okay. I am a massive Bill Belichick fan. 
or uh, Nick Saban fan. I'm also a massive Bill Belichick fan. But I think Nick Saban has, like, what he has done, and he's done it with two different programs, too. Like, it wasn't just, and he certainly did not have the recruiting capability, not the capability, but the recruiting um, clout at LSU that he did in Alabama. Right. Right? Right. And so, and I, I think, like, yes, he gets the cream of the crop every year, sure. But, like, there are more historic teams than Alabama who yes. also have the cream of the crop like to pick from I think the reason part of the reason he gets the top recruits every year is because of how good he is as a recruiter which plays into how good he is as a coach like yes but like let's also sit back and for a second and acknowledge that there's no college football program like Alabama or Georgia like they are clear cut above the rest I mean yeah I don't disagree so, like, if you are a five-star prospect, it makes the most sense to go to one of those two teams. I mean, yes, but also, like, they have some of the most, like, Alabama has some of the most transfers every year. Well, I yeah, reasonably so. Like, people are leaving Alabama in droves, just like people are coming into Alabama in droves. So, like, yeah, but like, I don't know. When you, get, when you get four four-star prospects for one spot, you know. Yeah, but again, I think... It's because Nick Saban's built it. Like, it's because of Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know like what he, I mean? I, I'm not saying that he didn't put in the legwork early on, but I'm saying, like, at the point that he's at right now, it's probably a fraction of the work that was required the first four or five seasons he was there. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, at this point, his brand has established its own identity. But you also have to keep in mind that, like, five-star recruits who want to go to Alabama have to, like, a lot of them don't want Like, Brock Purdy was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, recruited to Alabama, but didn't want to be a backup. So he didn't go to Alabama. Yeah. And he went to some no-name school where he knew he would start and make an impact. And he was the last overall pick. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, not all five-star recruits are going to Alabama because no, no, no. a lot of them look at Alabama and know how good Alabama is. Like, how good Alabama is is both a magnet – to people, but it's also a magnet to others, because two poles, one attracts. Well, one yeah, pushes but like away. it's also a deterrent to these guys because they're yeah. like, I am good enough to start. Why would I want to go to a team that has nine guys at one position who are good enough to start? No, that's a. Well, fair... I can go to this team that has four, and I only got to beat out four guys instead of nine. No, no, that's that's definitely fair, but also like Alabama is always going to get its recruits. Like I doubt, like. Obviously, there's players that Saban is going to miss out on every year because that's just, like, the nature of the beast. But, like, I would venture to wager that the, like, he gets more players that he wanted as opposed to loses more players that he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of talk about college football. I'm just a big Nick Saban (laughs) fan, man. I think Nick Saban is... I think the people who don't like Nick Saban are the same people who don't like Bill Belichick. They'll give you a bunch of reasons, but really it's because their team beat the crap out of yours for years and you don't like them. Yeah. Like that's like the like the people who don't like these guys are it is I mean I hated the Patriots organization as a whole for a long time because Colts, right? Manning, and there was a Brady, massive rivalry yeah. between Absolutely. Well, my hate was pretty focused on Tom Brady. But like 
looking out now, like as a fan who doesn't have this constant rivalry with New England, who doesn't get constantly beat up by New England anymore, yeah. um, I can look at the impact Bill Belichick has had on the on the league, on football itself. You know what I mean? Like how good he is as a football coach. I just can't like the fact that they won seven games that year they had Cam Newton. People were legitimately talking about with that roster winning that many games, Bill Belichick being in the coach of the year conversation. Yeah. Like that's how Let me let me give you my stance on Belichick and Saban. I don't like them. I respect them. And it's not so much them that I don't like, but it is. I know that's very confusing, and I'll elaborate here. I like parody a lot in sports. And I dislike Belichick and Saban for setting the bar so high that no one else can reach it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I respect what they built. I look at their impact on the sport, and I'm like, that is unique. I am blessed to be living while this is active. However, I dislike you for setting the bar so high that no one else can reach that bar. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I I do have a strong dislike, though, for the Patriots because they probably cost the Steelers at least one Super Bowl in the playoffs, just like meeting up in the championship and losing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the Bumblebees never won a Super Bowl. Ben Bell Brown. Like, I would venture to guess that at least one of those seasons was because some dude named Chris Hogan decided to have 225 receiving yards in the AFC Championship. I got a little... Tell me how you really feel. I got a little upset there. Yeah, he just chose... Like, the okay, like, Chris Hogan played in the NFL for, like, seven seasons for the Patriots. Okay, think about that real quick. That's 7 times 16 for the regular season. The Patriots were generally a lock to go two, three, two or three games into the postseason, so that's an additional two to three games every season added. And he chose one game to be not an irrelevant roster space. And that just so happens to be the year that they play the Steelers in the AFC Championship, and then go on to play the Falcons. The Falcons were never going to win that Super Bowl. It didn't matter if they were playing the Patriots or not. They could have been playing the Texas A&M Aggies, for all I care. They still would have found a way to choke, because that's what Atlanta does. That was Pittsburgh's Super Bowl. That was the stairway to seven. And, meh. (laughs) I didn't even make you say meow this time. It was Bill Belichick. No, it was Chris Hogan. Um, That... Uh, but no, I mean, I see what you're saying. Another, just so we're clear, yeah. if we ever get to the point where we have like former NFL players and you organize Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan, the somehow <laughs> guest star, my first, my first introduction to him is I hate you with a fiery hot passion. No, Thank you for coming on to our show, but screw you. you. But I'm not going to say screw. I'm going to say the real word and it's going to be passionate. Probably not, but it might happen. It's it's thirty seventy that it doesn't happen. But you, the point still stands. Yeah, uh, I think I the don't... last the last kind of thing I'll say on Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Um, one, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I do think parity is important, and when uh, the same teams win over and over again, 
when the bar is set so high, no one can touch it. I think it is, I don't want to say detrimental to the game, but it makes it a little less fun. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I do see what you're saying. But we do see that parody now in college football yeah. and in the NFL, right? Uh, although, to a degree. Now with the Chiefs, you know. To a, to a, to a better degree than we did 10 years ago. Yeah. But um, the one thing I'll say is also look at their impact on just coaches in general. Oh, yeah. The, the coaching tree many... for both are insane. Yes. And not just, like, like bad co- Like, good coaches have yeah. come out of Nick Saban's camp, out of Bill Belichick's camp. So, like, they're not only putting their impact on the field and on the players, but also on coaching staff. And they're they're – Sharing their mind of football with other people, which I think also talks about their impact a lot. Good staff building leads to good team building. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And like there was that there was that joke like seven years ago because we're old. With Sean McVay. Yeah, you have a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you'll get a coaching job. But his coaching tree is nothing. You spend a year. Yeah. Under Belichick, and you can go anywhere you want in football. Because, like, you're not just spending a year with the greatest head coach. How long has Bill been coach slash GM? Because if it's been a while, he might have a... uh, It's been a minute. He might have a strong case for not just the best coach, but the best GM. Drafting has not been nearly successful as winning. But it's been successful enough. I mean, yeah, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? But um, but no, like look at Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels has gotten three head coaching jobs because of Bill Belichick. Yeah, one of them was a disaster, horrible, horrible season. The second one, he literally had the plane fueled up and ready to go, and had it turn around to just ghost the team he was going to come coach. Yeah. I'm still upset about it. And then he still got a third shot. Not because he was a phenomenal offensive coordinator, which he was. A, he was a really he was, good. He was good enough, yeah. But because he was under one of the greatest coaches in all of sports, yeah. Like Bill Belichick, or not Bill Belichick, um, Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban has Kirby Smart, has Jimbo Fisher, has a lot of guys who had a lot of success in college football after leaving his program. I believe Nick like, Saban is in Bill Belichick's coaching tree, though, too. And uh, yeah, but not when he was Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he was—he coached with him with the Browns, I think. Do you think Jets fans are still salty? Yes. About Belichick? No, just period. They're just salty. No, no, but specifically about Belichick, probably being their head coach for one day, probably, and then being like, "Nope, skirting back to the page." Like he did the press conference and everything. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just I think they're two of the greatest coaches of all time. I, I will say this. This is the last thing, officially. Yeah. Nick Saban grabbed my heart. Like, I, I, before I liked him, I had the respect for him. Yeah. But when they lost a game, and I don't remember if it was a bowl game or if it was a championship or whatever, um, people started asking players do you think this play you made had an impact on this game? And Bill Bell, Nick Saban, <clears throat> excuse me, Nick Saban stopped it immediately. He said, no, I'm not letting you answer that question. 
these guys, and like pointed to his guys, and named even named a few. He said they gave everything they had on this football field. They have done everything and then some. They have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this game all season, and they did it today. We all make mistakes, sure, but if you're going to put the blame on anybody, don't dare put it on the players. Put it on me. And then I started looking into it. He is phenomenal to his players. He sets up private tutoring so that they won't fail classes. He has done things to help out their families. He has personally funded families to move to Alabama so that their kid has a shot at playing football. He had like the way he treats players will forever make me love Nick Saban. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and also just like he had a sleepover with a kid, didn't yeah. he? Like that was that, that's like that's I think it's outside easy. of the context, very creepy, but with the context, very yeah. wholesome. Like I think it's very easy to see like how he yells at him on the sideline and think, oh, he's probably mean to these guys. But he's not. That's just his passion for the game. Yeah. When it comes to his interpersonal relationships with those players, it is unmatched and will forever make me love Nick Saban. I have I, I will say this. I love Nick Saban. I have a respect for Bill Belichick. I like Bill Belichick. I love the way he treats the media. It's hilarious. Um, but I love Nick Saban. He's phenomenal. What do you think the odds are that Bill Belichick just like sneakily has one of the best personalities in all sport? I mean, you saw, you've seen where when like, Randy Moss invited him yeah. to that Halloween party and yeah. he showed up dressed as a pirate. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I, like half the time, half the time I'm watching Bill Belichick like press conferences. I'm like, has this man just been memeing us for twenty yeah. years? No, I, I like, think. Well, I think he genuinely just hates the media. Like, oh, I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. like you want nothing more than a headline, nothing more than a click. You don't actually care about these guys. You don't care about me. You're looking to sell papers. So, F you, get out of my face. But I, I would be willing to bet he's a really good guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I would be willing yeah. to bet that. Yeah, no, but. absolutely. But uh, speaking of bets, the Giants, they're taking a pretty interesting bet right now on things. Uh you may have heard the news reports of Saquon Barkley claiming that he's not afraid to not play out this season due to the franchise tag, and the last 12 months have certainly shifted the running back market. The Giants are testing, testing out something new at running back, and that's Paris Campbell, former Colts wide receiver. Is this the Debo effect we might be seeing more, or the Cordell Cordero I was going to say, it doesn't look like a Debo effect. It looks like a Cordero Patterson, like he's changing positions. I don't know if it's a changing of position or like a utility kind of deal where it's like he's primarily a wide receiver, but we can throw him in at running back and make some noise, flip a defensive game plan on its head. I think, it's in, I think this trend could be interesting, and I think this trend could be a contributing factor to – running backs the market for running backs getting a little worse like we've seen a couple of other players address it young players like jonathan taylor and Najee harris taylor said that he wants to retire a colt doesn't even want to deal with this market whatever and Najee harris uh claiming that running backs do not have a longevity problem i think he's got a long i think he's going to have a tough time proving it at that point but could this be a fix we see going forward with teams trying to implement wide receivers into their run game? 
I don't think so because I don't think wide receivers will do it. I think when you have a guy like Paris Campbell, who's a wide receiver, what, four? Yeah. On the Giants, wide receiver three, definitely not. On the Giants, he's probably wide receiver two or one, maybe. Yeah. But, like, a, a guy who is not the wide receiver one type or even wide receiver two type, like, he's not that – like, I don't – I don't dislike Paris Campbell. I think he has a place in the NFL, but it's not as a top two guy. No, I hear you. And so I think he is much more willing to do something like that because he thinks maybe if I bring more value, will I will break bring into more the money. Team. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't like. I don't like. I mean, we saw it with Debo. Debo was very unhappy with being used like that. I think if a guy like think... if you tried it with a guy like D Hop or you tried it with a guy like AJ Brown. I think they would do a few rushes here and there, but if you tried to actively make them a rusher, I don't think they'd go for it. When I think of Debo, I think of a better-handled Le'Veon Bell. Because I don't think the issue was so much like, I don't want you using me like this. I think it was more, I want you to pay to No, 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 no. It was, I don't want you to use me like this, but if you're going to, you're going to pay me. Right, but like I think that was the like when you get to the point of a player asking to be paid like a running back and a, or a wide receiver and a running back, because then they're just because then we start talking about quarterback numbers, you know? Yeah, but I mean like not only, but you have to think about like running back longevity plays into it. So like, no, it does. It not does. only will wide receivers not want to be used for something they're not getting paid for. They know running backs get beat up a lot more than they do. So oh, why would they want to put themselves through that? And risk injury, I, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be regular throughout the NFL. I think it could be for players that don't look at this like a business and look at it like a passion. You know what I'm saying? But those are few and far between no, they, at the professional there are. level. There are, but well, I think they it's, still it's more exist. Of both. I think it's more both. They look at it as a business and as a passion. Yeah, yeah. I don't think no, anyone like, is just like, I don't care about money. No, well, obvious. Except yeah. maybe Nikola Jokic. No, like obviously, but like what I'm getting at is like, so like okay, like D Hop and Lamar Jackson. I think those are two players that we can say like they treat this like it's a business, and they and they should. That, that's what that's how the owners, that's how the GMs, that's how the coaches treat it. It makes sense for the players to treat it like that. But when you get a guy that's out there that just wants to play, I I think they might be willing to shave. A, three years off their potential career to get the most out of their play time. I don't know, man. I think it's definitely interesting going forward. It's something we'll have to pay attention to. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, another thing we need to be paying attention to is the Stefan Diggs situation in Buffalo. Yes. Um, I'm glad we didn't get to talk about this last time, and it kind of got pushed off to today. Yeah. Uh, Some which, more... by the way, this entire episode has turned into an NFL episode, which I was literally unexpected. I have so many things to yeah. talk about. Yeah. So we'll, that's the next pod. But, hey, no prep um, needed. But I'm glad we waited, or we, we weren't able to get to it last pod, because the situation has changed. Last time... Uh, by the last pod posting being posted, Stefan Diggs had missed the first day of mandatory minicamp. He was not in. Uh, he was in the building and had meetings, but then left before practice started, yeah. and so was not present for. He camp. did complete a physical. Um, yeah, he got a physical. Whatever. Um, there have been a lot of since going back to their postseason loss last year. Comments that were made by Stefan Diggs have shown that he has not been happy. Nothing specific. We know it's not contract related. We don't know if it's 
because he's being underutilized. We don't know if it's because they're using him too much. We don't know if it's an issue with Josh Allen. We don't know if it's an issue with the coaches. We don't know what the issue is. All we know is that at the end of last season, he said, I don't know what we're doing wrong. We got the guys, we got the team, we've put in the money, and we keep losing, and I don't know why. And he was clearly unhappy then. Uh, it, very different from a couple years ago, where you have the uh, loss to the Chiefs on that ridiculous final 30 seconds of the football game. Yeah. He stayed on. He stayed on the field and watched the celebration. He watched the confetti. He watched it. He was like, we're coming back next year. That picture was hard. Yeah. Versus this season, this past season, when he was the first man back in the locker room when they lost to Cincinnati. And so you can clearly see something is unhappy. And I, it, it seems like they are at least on the road to figuring it out. He was back at mandatory minicamp now. He's practiced with the team. He was seen talking with Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, by the way, came back and said, um, I could do better. The team could do better. All you need to know is I love this guy. Whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. He also said, so, he also said what we're doing here does not work without digs. Yeah, which is a fact. I think a lot of the kind... Because like all, all, all we have is speculation. Yeah. And I think the natural speculation is there's got to be a beef with Josh Allen. I don't think there is. I think there might be an issue with one of the coaches. And from what I heard, it sounds like things got a little too personal in the locker room at one point between digs and a coach. And that might be where the majority of the problem is. But, but that all, doesn't really match up to his his uh, comments from the end of the last season. I, th- I think a it, beef I, with Josh Allen would make more sense because Josh Allen regressed last year, not he, much. He did, but from the previous year, he made more mistakes. He led the or he was second in the NFL in interceptions. Like, like last season was not Josh Allen's best, and that game especially was not Josh Allen's best. It was. Or, I agree with you. I think the honestly, like my speculative opinion is that the beef is with the GM for not bringing in enough help at wide receiver specifically. Gabe Davis was their second wide receiver last year. They expected him to take a big leap forward. It didn't happen. Uh, Diggs had 60 more receptions than him last year. Like, and he was the, and uh, Davis was the second leading receiver. Like, usually we see wide receivers beefing with not having enough put on them, I think it might be the inverse in this situation. Yeah, I like, mean, maybe. It's like, look at the teams we have to go up against. One elite offensive option is not enough. I mean, Kansas City. But they have Mahomes. They're different. It, it's a, it's it's not comparable. He's one, or Travis Kelsey like, is his only elite offensive option. But look at, look at the Bengals, who have been the bane to the Bills. They have... Three very strong wide receiver Have options. They been the to the Bills? Do what? I'm just saying three years or two years in a row it was the Chiefs that knocked him out, and then it was the yeah. Bengals but the first, Bills. the first, like the 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 last time it was the Chiefs, it wasn't because the Chiefs were better than them. It was because of the OT rules. Whoever got the ball first was going to score. We knew that seeing the end I mean, of the, the fourth did quarter score twice in like. 40 seconds. And so did the Bills. And they scored once. 
point is, is the offenses were not being stopped. We all knew going into OT, whoever got the ball first was going to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I All I know is this. Josh Allen is right. I don't think that team works without Oh, Dix. I agree completely. I think that team goes from being I, – I like Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes. No. Josh Allen can't make something out of nothing. Correct. He needs help. He needed it in his development. He needs it in his play. That being said, though... With the right help, he's phenomenal. I but he needs that help. I don't think he's exclusively made by the help he has, though. I'd still have him as a elite quarterback. I do think that there's a clear drop-off if Diggs leaves that team and there's nothing that comes in. I think they go but from... I think. I think Mahomes would drop off if he was in that same situation and Diggs left and nothing came in. Like... I did. I wholeheartedly disagree. We saw Tyreek Hill leave, and nothing but Juju Smith-Schuster come in, and uh, he still MV, won an MVP. I mean, Juju came in, MVS came in. They drafted two wide MVS. MVS is the, on the same they level also, as Gabe Davis. They also acquired Kadarius Tony. Who like, look at look at Kadarius Tony's impact on that team in the regular season. I'm confused. Are you a Tony apologist or? I, lo- I think Kadarius Tony is going to be great, but right. he hasn't No, been. no, no. But, like, what I'm saying is there's a difference between losing quality and addressing it with quantity, and there's a difference between using quali- losing quality and not addressing it. You know what I'm – that's all I'm saying. I think equating Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes in any way, shape, or form is disrespectful. It's not – it's not – I'm not – I'm not – I don't think Mahomes would str- – It's if not you, – If you replace – if you put – Patrick Mahomes on Buffalo and Josh Allen on Kansas City and you take away Stephon Diggs and replace him with some wide receiver three and move everyone else up one, I still think that is a Super Bowl contender. It's not. If Josh Allen no, is the Bills you're, quarterback, you're misunderstanding you take away me. Stephon Diggs, you do not replace him with a wide receiver you're, one. The, I think I think without Stephon Diggs, that team is a fringe playoff team. You're, Definitely not I'm, a contender. No, you're, you're, I'm, I must have said that incorrectly. I'm you not, said the, David, you said I know what I said. in the same situation, David, and he would David, struggle too. What I was trying to say, what I was trying to compare, is the wide receiver options outside of the first option between Buffalo and Kansas City. Even though Kansas City lost Tyree Kill. You take their options outside of Kelsey, compare it to Buffalo's options outside of Diggs, it is not even comparable. Okay, but that's not what you said. That's I and I said I must have not said that correctly. Yeah. You but then, said if I know what I you said. Do the David, same thing you with just Mahomes, you told me two minutes ago he what would I also said. Struggle, and they did that, and he didn't. So yeah, but they didn't. I'm talking about losing Diggs and not addressing it. The Chiefs lost hill and they at least addressed it in some capacity they brought in three guys and drafted two like but no that's five wide receivers that were on the no roster GM this would year not address it. no but it's also way later in the year than you would like to address that you don't have free agency coming up you don't have the draft coming up all you're left is with who gets cut and what's still on the market I mean, we can agree to disagree. I think without Stefan Diggs, that team might make the playoffs. I think they're still I think with Stefan Diggs, they are Super Bowl contenders. I think without Stefan Diggs, I think they're a playoff team, but I don't like 
yeah. I think that's as far as it goes. I don't think like yeah. I agree with you. And and don't get me wrong, like without Josh Allen, I don't think they're a playoff team. You know what I mean? So like I'm not saying Josh Allen is bad. I just think Josh Allen needs help. I think I think we saw a drastic difference in that team when Stefan Diggs joined. We saw a drastic difference in Josh Allen when Stefan Diggs joined. I think a lot of us want to um talk about the growth of Josh Allen as the reason that team is better. And we don't talk enough about the addition of Stefan Diggs and how it aided in the growth of Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, it gave him a true threat. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of Buffalo's woes from last year was the disappointment from Gabe Davis. I mean, I think that's part of it, but also part of it was Josh Allen had a lot of turnovers. Josh Allen missed a lot of throws. Well, Josh Allen to, didn't play. To as be well. fair, to be fair, if you're a defense playing the Bills, you have two things to really worry about: keeping Josh Allen from running and making sure Stefan. You can triple cover I mean, Stefan. Talking Dix. about Dawson Knox, like he's not one of the best tight ends in the world. No, no, he is, but he's not. He's not like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, where also, he can. Bro, what are you even talking? They have Devin Singletary. Not anymore, they don't. They have Zach Moss. Not anymore, they don't. Thaddeus Moss? No. Who do they... Zach Moss went to Indy in the Naheem Hines trade. You're right, you're right. You're they right. have Naheem Hines. They have Naheem Hines. James bro. Cook. They drafted, James Cook, that's what I was thinking They about. drafted a tight end in the first round. I just... I. Dawson Knox is great, but he's not Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, where he, he his impact is catching the ball and then doing something. He's got really good hands. Yeah. He catches man, he's that old tight end that catches the ball and then immediately goes down. For from what it looks like, they're figuring it out. They are on the road to recovery. They are uh fixing the Mending problem. fences. And thank God, because I think that Buffalo Bills team is significantly worse without Stefan Diggs. Absolutely. And I think just about everybody understands how much Buffalo deserves a Super Bowl. I mean, you gave up Justin Jefferson to get Stephon Diggs. You better keep him happy. Was that pick? Yep. Would have been Justin Jefferson? That That's who that pick was. It was Justin Jefferson. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. You better keep him happy. <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I think it's a lot. I think they're figuring it out. Good for them. Uh, and an hour and 13 minutes later, that's all of our football stuff. Boom. Uh, I guess last thing, because it's going to be quick and easy, uh, keep an eye out for the U.S. playing Mexico in the CONCACAF semifinals. That's occurring tonight, so this episode will already, like, that will be already over by the time this game, or this episode will have been posted, fall, like, after that game had ended. So it's hopefully, CONCACAF. Same difference. That's what it is. CONCACAF. Uh, they the winner of U.S. Mexico will play the winner of Panama and Canada for the Concacaf final. So keep an eye open for that. US. Let's go U.S. And uh, I don't know if you were expecting us to talk about football for an hour and thirteen minutes. I do know that we didn't. We definitely didn't. Uh, I don't know if whose whose opinions you agree with more, mine or mine. Uh, but they all know this. I don't know about you, but uh. We're just here so we don't get fined.